Ruth Cho Simons preached to my heart today. I cried as she spoke truth over me and this audience about the freedom given in life, in accomplishments, and in motherhood via God's grace. It was a word I desperately needed to hear. Ruth's new book, When Striving Sees, speaks to women in all walks of life who are filled with anxiety because of the pressure to lead, pressure to be productive, pressure to seize the day, or pressure to parent well around the clock. Ruth is someone whom I look to in moments of overwhelm to help give direction and rest, and I trust that this conversation and the words in her book will do the same for you. For those of you who may feel out of control of their circumstances, and for the mama who just wants to make their child's life the best life that it can be, but the world creates defeat within your heart, this one is for you. Let us begin replacing the gospel of self-improvement with the gospel of grace. If you're new to the Living Easy podcast, I speak candidly about relationships, sex, marriage, studying God's word, and more, all with a biblical foundation. Feel free to scroll through the episode titles once you finish this episode, because I guarantee that there is an episode or five that you will love. As always, grab a cup of coffee and join me for today's sweet and encouraging conversation with Ruth Cho Simons. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing, and I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee to get through the day and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. Today, I am here with Ruth Cho Simons. Hi, Ruth. How are you? Hey, Lindsay. It's so fun to be here. Thank you for coming on. Um, Ruth and I, we had the opportunity to speak on the Milk and Honey podcast, and now I am here to speak with you about your new book, When Strivings Seize. Ruth was just mentioning how she had visited Franklin, and she and her family really loved it here. But you are currently in Durango, correct? Yes, Durango, Colorado. And you have such an adventurous family. (laughs) I I love that you always go along for the ride with your boys. Tell me a little bit, just for our listeners who may not know you or those who do, but tell us a little bit about your family, um, kind of your experience growing up and how you got into ministry. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's a loaded question. Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) Bits and pieces. But yes, I've been married to my husband, Troy, for 23 years. We are parents to six boys, and our oldest is 19, and our youngest is eight. And in a previous season of life, when both of us lived in Albuquerque, Troy was a headmaster of a private Christian classical school that we helped 
found with other families. So he headmastered there for seven years, as well as planted a church and preached as the pastor for a good seven years. And previous to that was in youth ministry for many years before that. So yeah, we've been in local ministry for a very long time. And for the first time, we feel like we're doing the exact same thing that we always did before. We're just kind of shifting to um, now we're full-time with Grace Laced, the ministry and company that I started several years ago. So we're full-time with the business and with my writing and speaking, and he's also published as well. And so we are currently in a busy season of shifting that ministry online while staying really plugged in in the local church now here in Durango, Colorado. Yeah, my background, you know, I write a little bit about it in the book, but despite being a biochem major in college, I ended up getting a degree in art for a lot of funny reasons that aren't just about being in art, but I never thought in a million years that the Lord would use it, and He did. And so now I have the privilege of being the painter behind all the artwork that eventually gets turned into beautiful lifestyle products at gracelace.com. My books usually include something artistic and beautiful in it as well. So yeah, that's a little bit about me and my background. And we are now in Western Colorado where my six boys dirt bike and mountain bike and hike and we jeep all over and for this girl that really just wants a Nordstrom um, you know it's, it's a lot it's a lot I mean all I want to do is go to Gray's for dinner downtown Franklin and get a little pampering down at the Harpeth but um, I get to do that thankfully anyway but here in the wild I live a little bit more I feel like on the edge of the universe here in rural Colorado but it is gorgeous and it's good for my heart so this is where we are in this season I love that. Well, thank you for sharing everything. And I will say I really enjoyed, because I haven't had a chance to tell you, but I really enjoyed your foundations book. Most of your books have been read and then are on my coffee tables because they're so pretty. Your artwork is beautiful. But Jesse and I went through foundations together and we really enjoyed that and your podcast. But going back to When Striving Seas, you wrote this book to help readers find freedom from self-improvement and the quest of kind of self-help and to truly understand that God's grace is enough. So can you talk a little bit about how striving impacted your own life and what convictions or changes led you to embrace the freedom of grace? Yeah, I feel like I've been a lifelong striver. And just so that we're all clear on what I mean, I don't mean that hard work is bad or that striving in terms of striving for a goal is a bad thing. I'm talking about the kind of striving that causes you to be anxious and like fret over trying to attain or acquire something for yourself, whether it's popularity or belonging or friendship or fame or money or whatever it is that you're trying to anxiously maneuver so that you'll get something for yourself that you don't quite trust God for. That's how I'm defining that striving in your own strength. And Really, I think I'm definitely a recovering striver, and my story started long ago with really being raised between two cultures. Being an immigrant, I was born in Taiwan and was raised within the context of Asian American culture, where a lot of performance and academic success and just really proving your worth was kind of part of the cultural fabric. But really, it's not even just an Asian thing. It's just different in Western culture. But Western culture also, I mean, for goodness sakes, we are in a time where we're constantly measuring, right? Constantly measuring 
how many likes we're getting and how many downloads we have for our podcast and whether our message is getting out. And quite frankly, we're such a visual society now that we're constantly measuring whether we measure up compared to somebody else. And so, you know, a few years ago, I was realizing, and really it started long before that, but as somebody who had found freedom from striving, Lindsay, I kind of got to this point a few years ago, which I know you've seen it too, We're working in this industry. You and I both are in an industry where we're talking to a lot of sisters in Christ. We're talking to a lot of women and men too, but we're really working alongside a lot of women who have more opportunities than we've ever had before. I mean, when I became published just a few years ago, I realized, wow, 15 years ago or even a decade ago, women couldn't have easily been published if they weren't already in some big ministry, right? Right. But now we have opportunity to publish. You have an opportunity to self-publish a podcast. We can start a YouTube channel. We We have ways and ways and ways to make our message known and we can make our lives count for whatever we want to do. We have more opportunities than ever before. But really at every conference I go to and I speak at with every person I meet, I, I'm always faced with young women, especially maybe in their 20s, late 20s and early 30s, asking the question, well, how, do, how do I do that? How do I make my life count? Why do I feel like I'm not enough? I feel like I, can't, I don't have the skills for what God's called me to. Now, skills and enoughness are different, but you've seen it too, right? The sense that, Around every corner, there's a new book that's basically saying, you know, live your best life if you just do these things. You can craft the life that you want. You can be the best in your department if you just, you know, whatever you're trying to do, just take this webinar, follow these steps. You will optimize yourself and be the most amazing version of yourself. I feel like all of us are living that pressure and the struggle of basically feeling like we are five steps away from being the most amazing version of ourselves that will finally draw all the attention we need, finally get all the followers that we want to speak to, finally land in the spot that we crave so badly, whatever that is. And that may not be on social media for you. That may be in your local community. That may be at your job, at your workplace. In motherhood. In motherhood. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, we could go on and on about that, but there are these things in our minds that we think this is right around the corner. If I just become the better version of myself, I will nail that. And I just started feeling this pressure alongside my sisters going, wow, why are we living like we don't have enough when God's word clearly saying that in Christ we have everything we need for life and godliness. And if I'm reading my Bible correctly, the grace of God does not depend on our amazingness, our good works, our religious efforts, our being optimized or hustle our way to the best whatever version of ourselves. So I started exploring how to really unpack this message of grace, the grace that came by Christ and not by our good works. I started unpacking that, hopefully, for a new generation of women who may have missed it. Maybe we think that God's grace was enough to save us, but we haven't been relying on God's grace for the sustenance of everyday life or even for the the desires of our hearts. My audience has heard this quite a bit lately, but with Jesse and I coming out here, it's been an interesting shift for us because a lot of our community, of course, was in Albuquerque and coming to Franklin, Nashville, like that's where people who do this type of work are. 
And yet we're taking a lot of steps backwards and have been because of that. And I, I love that you mentioned that, like, if you just do these five things and you see all these avenues and you see this success in other people and you immediately think, well, okay, so if I take these steps and maybe I can get to that point. But the truth is you hit those five things and then there's five to 10 to 150 more to do. And it is so wearing and exhausting. And, you know, we saw it just within our family dynamic, the weight that that carries when you're constantly kind of, I think, just reaching for something and knowing like it is just around the corner for, and many of the things are, they're just right around the corner, but at what cost? And so that's been our question to one another. My husband and I a lot is at what cost? At what cost are we going to pursue this? At what cost are we going to do this? Because in that striving, I mean, as you mentioned, Ruth, it is that anxiety and it is that I can never keep up feeling. And then when I rest in God's grace and saying, hey, I'm not calling you, to do all of this. I am not calling you to keep fighting so hard for something that may not be yours right now. I am just calling you to rest. And then in that, you experience the freedom. But it's very interesting, and I'd love for you to speak to this. It's very interesting how many of us have been given this desire to work hard and to achieve and to have a passion for it. I love it. I thrive off of it. It feels really good when I have harmony in my life with you know, relying upon and placing my relationship with Jesus at the the top and ultimate of my life and the rest flows down. I enjoy it and I find peace in that. So how do you find that balance for somebody like you who likes to work and who likes to achieve and who likes to create new things while also creating that balance in your life? Well, it's not the goal in itself that's the problem, right? The goal of, let's say, having a full-time income in something that you feel like God's called you to do. It's not a goal. It's not wrong to have a goal of reaching so many downloads or wanting your stewardship to go further out. That in itself is not the problem. It's when we are trying so desperately to achieve a goal in order to satisfy a longing and a need we have. What do I mean by that? I guess what I'm saying is really that If we are really honest, a lot of our striving isn't about just achieving a goal and using our gifts well. It's because we want to feel belonging. We want to have self-worth. We want to know that we are approved or wanted or loved. It's not even the success that we're looking for. It's what success brings, right? Half the time, it's because success ushers in or fame, or notoriety, whatever you want to call it, that ushers in something that we're longing for deep inside that, if we're honest, probably was meant to be satisfied by Jesus. So I can't answer that for everybody. So the the point of this is not to say, wow, we should sit back and, Lindsay, why are you trying to even empty your inbox in the morning and trying to respond to people? You know what? By grace, People will get responded to in time. You don't need to do your podcast. That's not what this is about. This is not really about, and it's certainly not even just about personality traits. This is not a message for just the hustlers. You can be just as much striving in a different way with a different personality. The point is what I'm trying and hoping to get at is for us to discern how much of your anxious hustling even if it's about fluffing the pillows in your house, right? You could be an anxious hustler and by cleaning, by ordering order in your home with your kids, by being upset when you didn't 
get a certain percentage off on your groceries, like whatever it is, you have to assess, you have to discern what it is that's causing the anxiety and the stress and the striving in your life. And then take that and go, what am I really after here? Is it assurance that you got to control all your money because you're not trusting that God's going to provide for you? Is it that you are striving to find happiness in your marriage because you don't trust that God will do a work in your husband's life. So you got to strive and manipulate and control him yourself, fix him. Are you striving and ruling your home like some tyrant, ordering your kids to do their chores in a way that basically says, I'm going to control this environment because I don't trust that God will develop this in us as we work with him, as we process and grow with him. I'm not saying that it's about being slow, even it's not about a speed, it's about our mindset. It's about whether or not we trust God for the growth and the change and the things that we really deeply need inside. Because we were built, the bottom line is we were built for desiring approval, desiring to be desiring for belonging. It just was never meant to be found in the things that we do and we try to prove ourselves in doing. And so that's where we're really at. That's why we can lay our strivings down because the word of God tells us that he alone provided for those things that our striving cannot accomplish. It's ultimately coming down to what you're saying is idolatry and placing these things, these good things that can be sweet things, motherhood, marriage, work, uh, ministry, that turn into God things and are placed on this pedestal that they don't belong. And then, I mean, when it crumbles, because we're placing something, like I said, that doesn't fit in that position, when that crumbles or when you don't reach that goal or when your children don't behave the way that you hope that they would behave, your world feels like it's crumbling down around you. Whereas when Jesus is in that spot, Jesus is in the ultimate position of being worshiped above all else, that is the solid foundation. So everything else, I heard this a long time ago in church, and it was such a basic concept, but they just said, when when your relationship with God is solid and the rest of it is sweet, then it's just an additional blessing. And when your relationship with God is solid and the rest of it is wrecked, you still have your solid foundation. And it really just goes, I mean, it's just a very basic concept, but it goes back to, you know, all of these things they are just sweet gifts that we have and that we are entrusted to steward. And we must do that well, and we must do it with excellence, as God calls us to. But there's also a place of just saying, but God, I am not called to do it all on my own. And I would love it. I know that we had mentioned motherhood. And I was talking with Jesse actually two nights ago. I felt like my anxiety was at its peak. And just with, I had mentioned to you prior to this recording, how the move has just been a huge transition for us. And of course, we're seeing that response in our boys as well. And they're trying to understand it and work through it. But there are a lot of new factors in our lives and outside factors in this new season of parenthood. And I have many days where I just feel really unprepared for it. And the temptation for me toward perfectionism and self-reliance becomes ever-present when I feel ill-equipped. And that striving in my heart leads to that anxiety and that fear of what am I doing? Am I doing this right? Am I doing it well? And there's so much peace in that reliance, but it's really difficult for us as moms, especially as you know, you have teenagers who are making big decisions. You have nine-year-olds who are choosing sin. It's not just like misbehaving, you know, now they're choosing to sin. 
And so when we are reliant upon our own efforts and we tend to lean there, can you speak to how you walked through those new seasons of motherhood with that reliance upon the gospel rather than on simply striving and working to be a good mother? I love that you just did a quick definition by even saying perfectionism or anxiety. It's basically striving is sinful. Striving in our own strength is sinful because it's self-reliant. It's a perfectionism that's based on our own standards. So I love that you define that because years ago, and honestly, this was a huge impact on my early motherhood days, I read You know, I I love Elise Fitzpatrick, especially some of her early work really impacted me. And one of the lines that she wrote that I've quoted many times is, and now I'm going to butcher it, but she basically said, you know, when you are idolatrous or when you are worshiping an idol, when you sin, when you don't get something, or in order to get something that you love so much, you're willing to sin. And so rather than us think about the Jimmy Choo shoes or whatever it is that we might love. That's not my thing, but I was just going to throw that out there just to be fun. But let's think about things that are more like, oh, when your house isn't clean or when your husband forgets something or when your friends leave you out and go and do something and hurt your feelings. Like whatever, it's like something subtle like that. What's causing you to sin? Sin meaning what's causing you to be bitter? What's causing you to be angry? What's causing you to raise your voice and yell at everybody in your path? What's causing you to be self-reliant and say, I'm not even going to go to the Lord about this. I'm just going to fix it myself. You know, you know, you know when that rises up in you. And here's the thing. I know exactly what you're talking about, Lindsay, with moving and transitions and children, because we've honestly gone through a move as well. After 20 years in Albuquerque, we moved to Colorado and we've been here for four years. And that comes with all sorts of things where you've invested in previous seasons. You have relationships in previous seasons and now you're starting over. And here's the thing that's amazing about children is that children respond more to, and I'm speaking more about myself. I'm not trying to look into your life, Lindsay, because I I don't speak into my life, Ruth. I will take it. (laughs) But here's the thing, our children will really respond to what they see in us. And so the reality is you don't have to have it all together. You don't have to fix their current circumstance. You don't even need to stop the sin in their life. You need to present the gospel through your own life. You need to just be able to say, mama is striving in these ways. Maybe you won't use the word striving if your kids are little, but mama is trying to control things because I am fearful. I'm scared. I'm scared that I'm not going to meet friends or I'm scared that I'm not going to have everything I want right now when really everything I truly need is in Jesus, but I'm trying to like control all these circumstances and I'm sorry, boys. And I'm saying boys because you have boys and I've got Mm -hmm. boys, but Mm -hmm. I say to my boys all the time, I'm sorry, boys, that I made an idol of our home, but I think I was really just trying to like find some comfort or some peace And I literally had this conversation. I literally had this confession just a few months ago, and I'm sure since, but I distinctly remember this a few months ago, Lindsay, where I said to the boys, today didn't go very well because I started yelling at everybody because I wanted some kind of peace in my life. And I thought I could get it by having a perfect house and having our chore chart done completely right and having a refrigerator cleaned out and having you guys all behave perfectly. And I'm so sorry, guys, because I made an idol out of something that I shouldn't be worshiping, my peace must come from Jesus, regardless of how the pillows are, regardless of whether or not everybody's folded their laundry. And in this, boys, I want you guys to see 
that no matter what happens, where I live, what circumstance, whether we have friends or not, whether we have all the circumstances we want or not, Jesus is meant to be my everything. And until I discover that he fulfills my heart in all things, I'm not going to find peace in anything else anyway. And so guys, we'll clean up our house today because he gave it to us and we will clean the house. And you know what? We're going to make friends because he put us in a new community and we will reach out and learn to love others and build new relationships. But we're not going to find our true peace and satisfaction through a clean house, through new friends, through having the perfect scenario at our church, whatever it is. We won't have true peace if we're not finding it in Jesus first. Let's pray about it together. Let's go to him together. And you know what? If you see mama crying, it's because it's hard and it's okay for you to cry too. It's okay if you're struggling with the new transition. It's okay if you feel like you're struggling with not having friends. If you don't know what's going on at your church, if you don't know why we had to leave and you're kind of wishing that you had things as easy as before, I feel like that too. But guess what? This is the perfect opportunity for us to trust him and not trust ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so you guys, <laughs> I would say the boys all the time, I have some older boys. And so sometimes I'm like, you guys call me out on it. If you see mama resorting to trying to worship myself, my perfect circumstances, my life, just know that I don't want that because you know what? Jesus is better. And I'm sick and tired of trying to put my house as the God of my life or your perfect behavior as God of my life. And guess what happens, Lindsay, when we do that? I'm not saying you have to say it word for word. Obviously, don't use my words if there's better ways to say it. But if you take on the spirit of, I am a work in progress, and I need Jesus, and I do not want you guys to worship something of yourself and of our circumstances, Hmm. what I can put on display that only Jesus is worthy. When we do that, what happens is they go, oh, I'm not trying to pacify my mother and make her happy by cleaning my room. I'm going to clean my room. Because God is so good and he's provided for us. And in the midst of all that, that I'm crying and talking about things that are hard, I say, but look what God has done, right? It's the Deuteronomy 6 thing. Look what God has done. Tell the stories of what God's done. Guess what? In the world of lots of hard moves and people losing everything, our family got to move to Franklin, Franklin, Tennessee, and we got to live in one of the most beautiful parts of the country. Well, look what God has done. There's so many people who wish that they could go to the school that you're going to. So many people wish that they could live in the community that we're living in. Let's be grateful and we clean our room and we clean our house because God's been so good to us and we are going to just take care of the things he's given us. And so then the obedience and the good behavior and then the doing our chores isn't about earning favor from God. That's what I try to talk about in When Striving Ceases. It's not that we will strive to earn favor, strive to get friends, strive to have a good church, strive to feel good about our move. It's that we strive because we're stewards of the grace we've already been given. So put that grace on display, Lindsay, in your home, just with Jesse. When you guys are struggling, when you don't do it perfectly, go, boys, man, today's a good opportunity for you to check out the fact that your dad and I are in need of grace. We are (laughs) sinners in need of grace. Troy and I do it all the time. We'll like bicker in front of them and we'll stop and go, wow, if there was an opportunity for you guys to see that we were sinners, here it is. We are sinners in need of grace, and so are you guys. The way you guys are fighting, look at that. We're doing the same thing, and we both need to confess and talk to the Lord about how His grace is already enough. We don't need to manipulate each other. That's what fighting is, right? When we bicker and we fight and we argue, we're manipulating each other to get what we want. Well, guess what? We can find our fulfillment, peace, belonging, comfort, joy, self-worth 
everything we need in Jesus. We got to start there and then everything else will fall into place. Did you know that The Wife Project from Roommates to Soulmates will have its final official launch on November 7th? There are so many of you who are already on the wait list, patiently anticipating the drop of this course. And you will be joining over 1,000 women from ages 20 to 65 who have taken this course to strengthen their marriages. And a praise report, we have people from nearly every country in the world who have bought The Wife Project to improve their marriage for the glory of God. But if you don't know anything about The Wife Project, I'm so excited to share a little bit about it with you. So let me begin with a question. Have you forgotten what it is like to be best friends with your husband? Have you become more like roommates than soulmates? I think it's safe to say that there are very few people in the world who walk down the aisle to say I do while also having the thought, I hope I have a mediocre or failed marriage that ends in divorce. No, right? We naturally desire to have the best and healthiest marriages, a marriage full of happiness, spiritual growth, pleasurable intimacy, laughter, and faithfulness, the kind of marriage that thrives when God is at the center. But then life happens. We forget the promises we've made to God and one another because we're so caught up in the broken and worldly expectations of what we thought our marriage would be. We spend more time looking over the fence at someone else's grass than we do looking at our own and doing our best to water it and nurture it. And I totally understand that marriage can be difficult. You are two sinners coming together with different upbringings, different desires, and different personalities. Jesse and I have been through the ringer ourselves in different ways. And those things can cause conflict, confusion, and loneliness when it's not worked on by either person. Kelsey took the leap and invested in the Wife Project course, and this is what she had to say. Lindsay, my husband and I have been struggling for a little while now. There was nothing wrong with our marriage. It is just hard at times. Kids and work created stress on us, and we love each other, but constant miscommunication and trying to fix each other has left us both exhausted and ready to give up. I'd been praying for a reason to keep fighting for us and to keep working at this. We've tried Bible studies, marriage counseling, date nights, etc., and nothing seemed to work. The Wife Project showed me God's vision for our marriage. I realized that I need to stop trying to get my husband to fill a role he was never created to fill. I began to understand my role in all of this. I also learned that I can work on the things that I can control, my attitude, my heart, and my intentions, and that that has a huge impact on his responses toward me. Thank you for giving me the tools I needed to save my marriage. I truly believe that you are a gift from God to our family. Friends, the fact of the matter is that there are two people within a marriage, and it can sometimes be tempting to point our fingers at what our spouse is and is not doing. But the truth is that pointing fingers and telling them what they're doing wrong over and over again does not fix anything. You were never intended to play God or be the Holy Spirit in your husband's life. God has called you to be a love him wife, not a fix him wife. So do you desire to run this race well, to fight hard through the mess and the muck while holding high the beautiful institution of marriage that God has woven into the fabric of creation? I have always been passionate, and if you listen to the Living Easy podcast, you know this, I've always been passionate about redefining what it means to truly fight for your marriage as a wife while challenging the false notion that the joy, the passion, and the pursuit of holiness in marriage will eventually just fizzle out. God has called us up toward holiness and commitment with the ultimate goal being to honor Him within our marriages. My heart behind The Wife Project is to challenge you to become more like Jesus in every area of your life 
which then will flow deeply and widely into your relationship with your husband and break generational habits so that your children know what a healthy marriage actually looks like. Amy said this, I only just started following you a couple of weeks ago, Lindsay, and I'm so inspired by how relatable all the content is, but it always comes back to how I can focus on Christ, and that is the key to healing my marriage. One more thing to add, The Wife Project has helped my patience and kindness in parenting. It is helping my entire home, and the assignments are actually work that I want to do. This is a beautiful gift that you've given. I can already feel my wheels turning, my heart closer to God, and my whole being more gentle and tender to my partner. So good. Wives, it begins with you, and not because your spouse always gives their best, but because Jesus has called you to be a good and godly wife to honor Him. The Wife Project is an eight-week, ten-and-a-half-hour video course that you can work through in your own time, and you have lifetime access to the course once it is purchased for only $197, which is less than two marriage counseling sessions. I also offer payment plans to help you guys out. This means you won't run out of time, and you can watch it for the rest of your life. It also comes with a 70-plus page Wife Project journal with actionable marriage challenges, memorization verses, and journaling questions to help you implement what you're learning right away. So click the link in my show notes, on my Instagram link, or on my website, sparrowsandlily.com to be added to the waitlist and to learn more about the Wife Project. Don't miss the last official launch. We will see you there on November 7th, 2021. Love you guys. I just want to take a quick second to thank Weem Vitamin Gummies for supporting the Living Easy Podcast. This past year, I've been so much more intentional about caring for my body, and for once, it isn't about how I look, but how I live. I want to be around for a long time with my boys. I want to run at the park, kick the soccer ball, ride bikes, and wrestle with them on the floor. I don't want to feel lethargic or sluggish in my own skin. For me, this means eating a clean diet with healthy foods, getting myself to the gym, or working out at home, and getting my vitamins. Today's episode is supported by Ween Gummies, vitamins that I personally love and actually take every single morning. They're here right next to me. I take the Immune Boost Gummy because it's 2021 and who does not need a little immunity right now? This gummy has vitamins C, B, D, E, folic acid, elderberry, and zinc to keep your immune system strong. I have now also replaced the apple cider vinegar shot that I took every day with the Weem apple cider vinegar gummy because it includes apples, beetroots, pomegranates, which contain different vitamins and a range of other nutrients that can help maintain a healthy heart, good cholesterol levels, while enabling a clean digestive system. Apple cider vinegar's properties include blood pressure reduction, antibacterial activity, prevention of cardiovascular illnesses, reduced effects of diabetes, and more. Weem gummies are vegan-friendly, non-GMO, gluten-free, low-calorie, so click the link in my show notes to purchase or go to weemco.com and use the code LIVEEASY for 10% off your purchase. Thanks for preaching to my heart. If you guys can't hear me sniffling, it's just freeing for me. I think it's been, and you know what, it's interesting because as I talk to people, you know, I speak with people in Albuquerque where lockdowns are really intense right now and they're just feeling that heavy weight of, I have young kids and they're, they're walking through this, you know, and I want to fix it. I want to make their life what I know their life can be. And that's for me, I'm like, 
trying to control this. I want my boys to have really good friends who love Jesus and love them and are kind to them, you know, and knowing I'm not in control of those things, it really does bring me to a place of just, which we all know, you know, nothing like motherhood and marriage to take us on our knees. And I, I want to rejoice in that, you know, in those moments where I'm like, I, I know God gives me more than I can handle and I am going to get on my face and pray for my babies. And this season has caused that. And I, found myself last night really rejoicing in that time with him where it is a completely new season for so many of us, whether it's teenage years or having a newborn baby or adopting a baby. You know, there are just so many people in my lives who want to make it right for their children. And the weight of that will crush us if we allow that to be something that we live by in making their lives perfect. And and that trial sanctifies them. That trial draws them nearer to Jesus. And, you know, one thing that we've been, you know, feeling at our house is because we're walking through parallel circumstances with you guys, really, honestly, Lindsay, because, you know, we're moving to a new community where um, it's not easy to start new friendships for adults or for children. It's hard to build history when you've had 20 years of history in another, in another town, you know. And for those who are listening who haven't moved, you might be feeling like, how do we build friendships when they're not going to school or they can't go to the thing that they usually go to that they love or whatever the pandemic has brought for the changes, circumstances in your life. One of the things that's been really sweet is the reminder that we get to invest at home. So like for all of us who maybe strive and look for outside ways to feel like we're making a difference and we're volunteering here, we're doing this, or maybe we're starting a business online. But whatever, whoever God's given you at home, if that's children, if that's a spouse, if that's a roommate, if that's your grandkids, whoever it is in your life, you have an opportunity to invest right there. Because even if, I say this to other boys all the time, even if it's not easy to find a best friend right now through church or community or whatever, through you know being on a sports team, you, God's given you people in this home. So this is a really good opportunity for us not to just go to the far ends of the house and be away from each other on our own devices, but to say, wow, this is an opportunity for us to be the friend we wish we had. And in a time that's lonely, when the whole world is lonely, what would happen if as spouses, you and your husband really engaged and being effective together and best of friends together. What what happens if our children become really great friends? Well, then when we step outside our home and love others, we're coming from a full tank. We're not desperate. We're not sitting there going, my expectation is that you feel full my life, new friend, you know, but that we are full in our own hearts at home and that we have so much to invite others into when they start coming over, when we start sharing meals. I, I know you probably talk about this a lot too, but when I think about Paul saying, Marriage is like Christ in the church. A hurting world needs to see the love of Christ and the gospel on display in a husband and wife. And so what better opportunity than when we feel desperate and lonely and distanced from people, locked down, whether that's in our spirit, like we're feeling like locked down, like we don't get to go places, that even whether your town is locked down or not, sometimes it's just this current ethos, like the way our world feels right now. We just feel stuck. We feel locked down in our opportunities. What a good time for us to steward well what we've been given right now. And if that means that you have a kid in diapers 
you just really want to go on a date with your friends and you would rather not be sitting there changing diapers and dealing with training up that toddler once again, I just say, friend, listen, it's not going to last forever, but what you do today in stewarding the little years, the Cheerios on the ground, the Legos that you have to pick up, the training once again not to hit your, your baby brother, these are moments that actually translate into fruitful, fruitful times in the future. And so steward it well right now. Don't strive for something that you don't yet have. I think that's the other side of striving, right? When we're like anxiously trying to gain something that's not yet been given to us. I think you just said that a little bit earlier, Lindsay, like when we're looking around the corner at something that we think to be ours, but isn't, you know, whether it's wishing that you had childcare help or parents or grandparents that would assist you or a prettier home or a remodel project that's not done yet and you just feel like it should be done or more success in the work that you're doing. Don't strive for something that God hasn't given you yet. Steward well what he already has. And that makes all the difference. Mm, amen. Thank you so much for that, Ruth. I, I feel as if it is something where it's kind of retraining our brains because we, like you said, we receive this salvation, but then we feel like we have to just keep up. And it is this continual learning of what it means to stop and to reset our minds on Jesus and on the the fact that we are not called to live by our works and that we are not saved by our works, but by God's grace and by faith, we are saved and have that assurance of that relationship with Him. And speaking of practices, I wanted to ask you my last question to you. What kind of impact does Sabbath have on this, in your opinion? Because I personally have found that when I am intentional with Sabbath time, that I realize how little I am in control because I'm willing to shut the world out and say, okay, God, you have to allow me the ability to stop. And when I stop, I realize that the world does not revolve around me. (laughs) So can you speak to this a little bit? Oh, I love what John Piper says about sleeping. He says, sleeping is basically us acknowledging that God is God and we are not, Yeah. right? Um, Because I think it's interesting how what we spend our time on and what we check in on the most is really what we love and rely on the most. So the reality is, do we turn to prayer and thinking on the Word of God and, and communing with Him? Is that our first thing that we're constantly running to? Or are we picking up our phones and constantly checking in and seeing, you know, that's what we think we're being saved by ultimately. And it's convicting for me too. So I'm not just preaching to anyone else out there. I'm preaching yeah. to myself. But I think resting and truly resting both mentally, spiritually, and physically really is a reset, is a reminder every week maybe even daily, just that you're not the boss of your own life. And despite how many books tell you that you have to be the hero of your own life and you have to orchestrate the, the life that you want and no one else, nobody else will do it, the gospel says just the opposite. The gospel says, by grace alone will I save you. And then you, in your faith, in your being able to like respond in good works is really only because I empower you to do so, Jesus. It's like, you know, we're created for good works. We're creative as his workmanship, but that comes as a response to what he's already done in our lives. And so I think of resting as not just an opportunity for self-care. Like, yes, like turn everything off, 
go get a pedicure, go get rested, you know, mm-hmm. but it's also a time for you to reset mentally and acknowledge and remember and rehearse to yourself that Jesus is king and you're not. And so that may happen and needs to happen on a daily basis before bedtime. It might mean that you set a boundary where you say, I'm going to remember that God is Lord of my life every day at five o'clock. And so I'm going to shut things down and I'm not going to try to keep on orchestrating the perfect scenario in my life by answering emails, by hustling, by trying to check in on everything, by, you know, and that's not, there's no magic formula in five o'clock. For me, Mm -hmm. sometimes in this season of life, I would rather spend more time with my team for my business and my staff, I mean, my my team for my business and my family during the day. And then in the evenings when people are working out and doing other things, that's when I respond to some comments. So it's not a magic time. Just choose the right time that you're going to Sabbath. And for me, a lot of times, for sure, every weekend, I turn things off and I get somewhere where there's no cell service so that I'm really, really just present and enjoying that downtime. But every day I do take several hours every day where I just don't check in and I go, you know what? It can all wait. And it can wait because it's not all up to me. I know last year, Grace Lake's team spent a lot of time talking about Colossians 117 and all things he holds all, God holds all things together. And I think that's the thing that I have to remind myself over and over again. I can lay my strivings down and not hustle my way into the perfect life because he's the one holding all things together, including me. And right before that, right before that whole section in Colossians is Paul telling about how Christ is preeminent. And so do you see how important it is that we think of God and know that God is God and we are not? Because you're not going to trust that he holds all things together if you spend all your time thinking grand thoughts about yourself and very little about Jesus. So That's on a practical level, I would say, rhythm, the rhythm of resting, but also the rhythm of rehearsing how great God is and knowing why he is so much bigger than us. That will shift the way you rest and the way you strive. Amen. Thank you, Ruth. I appreciate your time. I always appreciate your wisdom. I always, I'm constantly reading your posts and everything and how just, I just feel as if you're very raw and you're honest, but you always point back to the truth of the gospel. And I remember reading something from you a while back where you said, I might have told you this before, but where you said, is what I am saying and what I am putting out, maybe it's it's helpful for me, but is it serving other people? And so I just wanted to encourage you in that, that I really truly feel as if you serve people very well with the wisdom God has given you and the experience God has given you and the platform that He has given you. So if you wouldn't mind, will you please share with everyone where they can find you on all platforms and where they can find your new book, When Striving Sees? Thank you so much. It's been a joy to be here. I would love to encourage you on the daily at on Instagram at Ruth Jo Simons. That's R U. T-H-C-H-O-U-S-I-M-O-N-S is my profile. And you can find my work on Facebook as well as online at gracelaced.com. And the book is sold everywhere. Books are sold and it's available at Target stores as well nationwide, which I'm really excited about. But you can learn more about it at whenstrivingscease.com. 
Perfect. And I will link everything. And if you all enjoyed this conversation, as always, we would love to hear from you. So do take a screenshot of the episode. Let us know what you gained, just kind of what God brought to your heart while you listened. And tag us at Ruth Cho Simons and at Living Easy with Lindsay. And we will talk to you all next Monday. Bye, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you are blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too. So please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.